We're going to bounce around to a couple of different scriptures this morning. So we're kind of taking a break from our normal way of doing things here at Freestone. Uh, normally we go through a book of the Bible, section by section. Uh, but every once in a while we take a little break and we have just a standalone sermon or a short sermon series about another topic or a, a different topic that's, that's in the Bible. And this Sunday is one of those such days uh, that we just take a little break from our normal way of doing things to look at what the Bible says about children. You know, the, the, the truth is, uh, I have wanted children for the longest time because I, I love children. I don't know if you do, but I love kids. Uh, I, I wouldn't be a teacher if I did not love kids. And so I love them at every age, even when they're really small to even when they're older. I just, they're, they're fun, they're neat. I enjoy being around them. And I often would hear people uh, talk about their kids, and I don't mean in a good way, right? Like I would often hear people talk about their kids in such a negative way and talk about how much of a burden that their kids are and how much of a burden kids are. And now that the Lord has blessed me with a son, I still hear people talk, but it's a little bit different. Now it's like, hey, you better enjoy them while they're this age because they're going to get older and learn to talk back and be really, really annoying. And so, and, and so, like, I hear that sometimes, like, hey, just wait till they get older. And I was even in town the other day, and I was talking to a, to a, to a man, and he was sitting there, and he was like, man, so I heard, you, I heard you recently had a kid. I said, yeah, yeah, I did. He said, well, you better enjoy it now, because soon you're going to have to be running around everywhere doing all these things, this, that, the other, and, and just talk about how annoying their little girl was, and their other little boy was this that the other and i'm just like oh my gosh here's the worst part the little girl was with him and that little girl as he began to say those things her little lips started quivering little tears started coming out of her eyes and you know what he did he looked at her and said what you crying about i'll give you something to cry about and i'm like probably because you're a jerk <laughs> right and so, like, even, even still, you know, we hear those things and, and people talk about their kids and the burden and all those things. And, and that, that, that little child just with that, those tears around, honestly, it broke my heart. Because I'm like, man, that child obviously just looks up to her dad. Right? And most little kids, they do, don't they? They look up to their dad, to their mom. They think their dad, their mom is like Superman. Right? And, like, that just broke my heart to see those things. I'm sure you've heard similar things. I'm sure you've heard things and I'm sure people have given you unsolicited advice or made comments at the hair salon or in the teacher's lounge about kids or other people's kids or, or their kids. Heck, you might even have been someone who said the same things and agreeing with them. But you know what? That's only a problem that parents have. That's only a burden or a problem that parents have. They're the only ones that can gripe about those things. Because you know something? There are those that would love to have that. There are those that would love to have the constant questions. That would love to have the talking your ear off. That love to have the, the nights of no sleep, days on end. There, there are those that would love to have those things going on. And maybe you're one of those whose heart breaks every time someone asks you when you're going to have kids. Because they don't know you're trying. And you keep asking, and people keep asking you, and it breaks your heart. 
They don't know that you've been trying for a while. They don't know the heartbreak and the tears that come every time that test is negative. They don't know how much you wish that you could have what they complain about, what they gripe about, what the, the burden that you call they wish they could have as their own blessing. You see, the things that others complain about, there's going to be those that pray that they can enjoy those things one day. And the thing that bothers me the most is when Christians are the ones griping and complaining about things. And this is why the Bible says that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is that we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And complaining is the opposite of joy. Bitterness is the opposite of burden. Or bitterness is the opposite of contentment, right? And so when we, when we view things as a burden, when we complain about things, that's really the opposite of joy. And the scary part about that is when people who follow Christ talk about children being a burden or a nuisance, what has happened is they have fallen prey to the spirit of the age. They have fallen prey to the spirit of the age, the teachings of demons. In Leviticus, God's people were told to no longer sacrifice their children to the God of Molech. Molech was a demon god in Mesopotamia in the Middle East. And people would take and they would take their little infants and they would dash their heads against the rock or they would behead them and drain all their blood to the God of Molech. We do the same thing in this country, don't we? Yeah, it happened in Israel right now. Right, We see the same thing. The demon god of Molech is worshipped even in the Middle East and even here. We just call it a little different, don't we? We call it health care. We call it abortion. We call it Planned Parenthood. It's the same God. Killing children out of sake of convenience. And I understand that there is a lot of issues that go into that. I do. Because I know that there are instances where some terrible things happen to women. And they are the ones left with the consequences of those things. It's a terrible thing. We live in a terrible world and the men that do those things ought to be executed. But not their kids. Not their children. Because the children are not a burden. See, the Bible doesn't say that children are the burden. The Bible says something completely different. The Bible says that children are a blessing. The spirit of the world, the spirit of the age, says that children are a burden. They are a pain in the side. They're annoying. But the Spirit of the Lord says that children are a blessing. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to help us as we look at some reasons why children are a blessing from God. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to You now. We ask that You give us understanding of what Your Word teaches this morning. That You would help us to see that children are truly a blessing from You. Help us to understand that all gifts come from you and help us to grow in our faith as a result of this. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. So the Bible teaches that children are a blessing and not a burden. And whether you have kids or not, this is important for you to hear because you all have been a child at some point. That you all have been a child at some point. And... 
Many of you know children that are in your life. And maybe what? Guess what? You may be 16, 17, 18. You're still a child in your parents' book. They still view you as their kid and you're always going to be their kid. And so it's even important for you to understand who you are according to God. And so the first passage I want us to look at is in Psalm 127 and verse 3. Because in this passage, one of the reasons we see that children are a blessing is because children are given as an inheritance from God. Children are given as an inheritance from God. It's like God is giving a gift to a family when they have a child. Notice what it says there in 127 verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. That word heritage means a possession, a gift, an inheritance. And so what, the, what this word is saying, what God's word is saying is that when a family has a kid that is born into it, that God is entrusting that child with that family, with that couple, that, that they are an inheritance from God to them. They are God's possession that the family has inherited, that God is giving them a gift, that God is gifting that family with that child. That it is God's possession that they are receiving. And so the Bible teaches children are a blessing because children are given as an inheritance from God. As a gift from God. How many of you like to receive gifts? I do, right? I like to receive gifts. And I even like to give gifts sometimes. Especially if I like the person, I really enjoy to give a gift. And I tell you what, though, what happens if you give a gift to somebody and they kind of spurn it? Like, I remember one time I got a gift and like someone asked me, like, man, what do you want for Christmas? And I remember they had this like Hot Wheels car wash thing that I really wanted as a little kid. And I, I like try to describe it in all the detail. Right. And so like I'm excited because I'm opening my gift. I'm opening my gift. I'm opening my gift. I open my gift. And I got a Hot Wheels set with a car wash. And you would think I'd be really excited, except it was the wrong one. I was like, this wasn't what I wanted. Oh, my goodness. I now look back on that. I'm so embarrassed, right? Because that person, they, they didn't have to give me anything. And yet they spent their own money and got me this that they thought I really, 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 really wanted. That, I thought I, that they thought I really wanted. And what did I do? I spurned it. I complained about it. I griped about it. Anytime that we complain about children, whether the children that are ours, the children that we work with, or we talk about the burdens of dealing with children, what we're doing is spurning the gift of God. It's like we're saying to God, it's, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I wanted. Your gifts aren't good. Anytime we do that, we're, we're spurning the gift, looking down upon the gift that the Lord has given us. We don't like it when people do that to our gifts. What makes us think that God is pleased when we do that? But some of us, we may not do that, right? We may realize that that is what children are, that they are a blessing, that they are a gift from God. And we know from the book of James that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. So children are given as an inheritance from God, as a gift from God. But not only that, another reason we can know that children are a blessing is because they are created by God. Children are created by God. 
You, every one of you, are created by God. And it started at the moment of your conception. The Lord Jesus Christ formed you. God formed you. He is the one who made you. I remember my youth pastor growing up. He, he used to joke around and he told, his, he told his wife that he was going to get a tattoo. And his wife was like, well, you get a tattoo, we're getting divorced. So you know what he did? He went and got a tattoo. They stayed together. And so he said, okay, well, I'm going to get another tattoo. And I'm sitting there, I was like, okay. And he was telling me about it. He said, I want to get a big old blue ribbon and put it on my backside that says copyright God created this date, this date, this day. I was like, that's kind of silly, and it's kind of weird. I think he was joking. I hope he was joking. I never asked because I don't want to see it. But that's true, isn't it? We are copyrighted by God. He is the one who has created us. He is the one who has made us. You are a creation of God. God is the one who formed you. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. God is the one who has created each and every one of you. And you started out as little children. In Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, the Word of God says, For you, and this is talking about God, for you formed my inward parts. In other words, you formed my my lungs, my heart, my liver, my kidneys, my spleen, my stomach, my mind, my blood vessels, my muscles, my sinew, my bones, my skin, my fingernails, the color of my eyes, everything. The Lord Form those things. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. How many of you knit? How many of you crochet? Those type of things, right? Like, like I've seen some people knit. I don't know how the world they do it. They just they can make anything out of just yarn and a couple of needles or like crochet. You sit there and it's real tedious, right? You're you're knitting and you're crocheting and you're looping that hook through and pulling that yarn through, looping that hook through, pulling that yarn through. And at the end of that, you end up with something magnificent. Something that started off as just a ball of thread and it can turn into a beanie, toboggan, scarf, shoes, all sorts of things. Do what? Plain. Plain, yeah. All sorts of things, yeah. And so like we, we know that when people put in all this effort to make something, it comes out amazing. Like me, I like to cook. I don't knit, I don't... You know, crochet, anything like that. I like to look. Or look and cook and all those things. I like to look at what I cook. I like to look at what I cook. And when I, when I cook it, I, I go through all the details, right? I want to make sure I got the temperature right. I want to make sure I got the seasoning right. And, and, and it's good not to cut corners because when you cut corners, I usually mess everything up. Like I burnt some ribs the other day and it was terrible. Bad. Real bad. But because I cut corners. Well, you know what? God doesn't cut corners. He knits us together, creates us together perfectly in our mother's womb. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. When a child is conceived, it's quite literally microscopic. You cannot hardly see it with the naked eye. And somehow, that little single double cell thing explodes exponentially into thousands of cells and atoms and over a trillion atoms in a, in a, in a person. And it all started 
was something so microscopic. Only God could knit something together like that. The world would say that's an accident of, of evolution. That it is just by happenstance that everything works out as intricately as it does. But the Bible says that God is the one who has created us, even through the natural methods that He has put in place. He is the one who takes a child that is conceived and grows them into a more developed child. God saw our unformed substance. Not only that, He didn't just create you. He created all your days. You see, nothing in your life is going to surprise God. God knows everything that's going to happen in your life. And that's a good thing. Because things surprise us. And sometimes we think that things are our fault. And sometimes we think that that life is too hard and that our problems are too hard and that the things going on in our life are too hard to make it through. But can I tell you something? Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. You were created by God and He knows all the days of your life. And if you have trusted in His Son, He will carry you through each one of those things. He will help you make it through because you are a child created by Him. Children are a blessing and not a burden because they are given as a gift from God and they are created by God, but also because to such belong the kingdom of God. The view of children nowadays is no different than the view of children back then. We already talked about what they did to the children in the, in the ancient times and in antiquity, they would take children and they would sacrifice them to God. At the time of Jesus, people still looked down on children. They probably said in Greek and Hebrew something along the lines of children are meant to be seen, not heard, and sometimes not even seen. Get away. We're trying to play. In fact, in the book of Matthew, in chapter 19, Jesus is going around and he's healing people and he's preaching the gospel and he's doing things gospel related that Jesus does. And all of a sudden, these parents and their kids, they, they start coming to Jesus. and They're trying to get their kids to Jesus so that Jesus can bless their children and lay hands on their children and just give them a blessing. These parents were wanting their kids to see the Lord Jesus Christ. They've heard everything the Lord has done. And the disciples, they looked at the parents and they looked at the kids and they rebuked them. They said, Jesus ain't got time for you. Get away. He has more important things to do. Back off. Get away. I know you walked it. It doesn't matter. He's too busy. He doesn't have time for these kids. Get them away. And if you were trying to get your kid to see someone they, that you know they need to see, and then you were told that, you would either be heartbroken or infuriated. Like the other day, or both, the other day, um, I was having to go to the doctor and I was frustrated because when I got to the doctor, they told me that even though they closed at 7, they saw their last patient at 6.15. And I was there at like 6.30. Oh my goodness, I almost lost my religion. Just so happened I had someone very wise with me who as soon as that was said, I guess saw like my eyes glass over with rage and I just grabbed my arm and we walked out the door and drove down the course of Canada. Right? But why? Because I was trying to get to the doctor for someone that I loved. Get them to the doctor where they needed to be. 
And I was told, we ain't got time for you. We ain't got time for you. We don't close for another 45 minutes. You can tell I'm, I'm totally still fine with it, right? <laughs> we don't close for 45 minutes, but it's fine. We don't got time for you. Can you imagine if you're one of those parents trying to get your kids to the feet of Jesus? You've seen all that Jesus is doing. And then the disciples said, Jesus does not have time for you. Your kids are a burden. Get them away. Those snotty-nosed kids. We don't have time for you. And then Jesus comes along and said, I love how the Bible puts it, Matthew 19, 14. The disciples say this, and then the Bible says in verse 14, but Jesus said. And that's how we should really look at things, right? We should look at things through the words of Jesus and not just our own thoughts and ideas. It says, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. And so the little kids said, go and ran to Jesus. And I was thinking when I was reading this and thinking about this, I was just kind of pictured in my mind like this, right? There was this other day I was at my house and I was, I was holding Deacon. And then Evelyn was in this lap. And then she wanted Jesse to be over there. So she moved right beside me and Jesse got in this lap. And I had like all these kids on me and they're just wanting to talk and laugh and just, I was laughing, they were laughing. It was just a good time, filled with joy. And that's how I picture it when Jesus said, let the kids come to me. Because you know good and well, they were climbing all over Jesus. They were climbing all over him. They were talking to him. He was laughing, they were laughing. You see how Jesus viewed kids. He took time from everything he was doing and said, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For to such belong the kingdom of God. To such belong the kingdom of heaven. You know, we have that song, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. To such as a child belong the children of God. And it's very interesting to me, the view of Jesus, because he, he talks about if anyone causes a child to stumble, if anyone leads a child astray, it would have been better for them to never have even been born. And that's a scary thought. But then I got to think about that because he said it'd be better for them really to have a millstone, which a millstone was like this giant rock they used to crush grain and that you would have an ox on one end pushing it around and they'd have the millstone it was crushing ground. I mean, heavy, heavy, heavy rock. He said it would have been better for them to have a, a millstone tied around the neck drug to the bottom of the sea, and if it doesn't break their neck on the way down, they would sit down there, suffocate, die, and be fish food. It would have been better for that to happen to them than for them to suffer the consequences for what they do, causing a child to stumble or harming a child. I got to think about that because we know and we sometimes have the question about sin. Is all sin the same in the eyes of God? But all deserves the same punishment, death. But I do believe there are varying degrees of sin. Varying degrees of heinousness. Like we can all agree that it just makes sense. That it's wrong to steal a piece of gum. But that it's more wrong to kill somebody. Right? I mean that just makes sense. And then I got to thinking about. When we go to heaven. We are told that we are going to. Get rewards based on what we have done and jewels and crowns based on what we have done in this life for Christ. And then we're told we're just going to throw them at the feet of Jesus. But we still get these rewards 
based on what we have done. And just hear me, this is me. This is not Bible. This is Stephen here, just conjecturing. I wonder if there is an also varying degrees of punishment and wrath depending on the amount of heinousness of sin. I don't know. Something to think about. But I think there is. That would make sense. But like I said, that's, that's Stephen. That's, that's Stephen talking. But Jesus said it would have been better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and tossed to the sea. Why? Because to such belong the kingdom of God. When we look at a child, those filthy wretches, because that's what they are, right? They're sinners. They're depraved just like us. But when we look at a child, even though they are still sinners at heart, that is about the pureness of the image of God that you're going to see in a broken person is in the eyes of a child because they have not learned as much of their sinful nature as we have. They have not experienced the brokenness of this world that we have. There is still something innocent about them, even though they're guilty as sinners, even though you don't have to teach them to lie and cheat and steal and be selfish. They just know intuitively, but there's something about that, about a child that you, when you look at a child, they are almost the purest picture of the image of God that you can see in a broken world. The kingdom of God belongs to such as children. Children are a blessing and they are not a burden. They're given as a gift from God. They're created by God and to such belong the kingdom of God. Children are a blessing. If that is so, we are called then to do everything we can to help them to come and know Christ. To help them to know God. As parents, you're called to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, Ephesians 5. You're called to set that example in your home in Deuteronomy as you go to work and along the way and in your homes, let the Word of God be on your hearts and in your minds. If you're in the church, you're called to come alongside the parents in Titus 2 and invest in the lives of the children in your church and the lives of those that are younger to you in your church and help them to come to know Christ too. The church doesn't replace the parents' role. It never can. The parents' job from God is to raise them to come to know the Lord. And the church's job and the people in the church, we're called to come alongside them. And here's the thing. If you don't have children yet, but you want children, continue to trust the Lord and pray to the Lord because as a general rule, as a general rule, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. But until then, as you continue to pray, as you continue to Beg God. Invest in the children that are around you. Invest in the children that are there. No one retires from their walk with Christ. A lot of times people who are a little more seasoned feel that they've reached a time of their life where they're not effective anymore. Guys, you can still do stuff. You can pray for them. You can spend time with them. You can pick them up and say, hey, let's go get some ice cream. Anything. Take them hunting, fishing, shooting, all sorts of stuff. You can invest in time with the children. Because children truly are 
a blessing. One of my favorite things to hear when I'm up here is the sound of children talking, sometimes screaming, because it livens up a place, right? Because to such belong the children of God. So now, as we come to the part of our service today, where we dedicate some of the children of our members unto the Lord, let us remember that children are a blessed gift from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you now and we do thank you that children are a blessing because we too have been children and we still are. We are your children. You are our father. And we thank you that you saw us as so much of a blessing that you gave your life for us that we may be numbered among your people. Father, we ask that if there's someone here who does not know you and has not trusted you as their Lord and Savior, that you would give them the faith to do that today, that they too can be forgiven of their sins and become one of your children. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.